1: How are you going, Brent?
0: I'm going really well, Ken. How are you
1: going? Ooh, all the better for talking with you, Brent. Now, today we're going to talk about something which people might not believe is called predicting the market, but before we get there, just remind the listeners, Brent, uh, Stuart Group, what are you guys all about?
0: Well, Stuart Group, a uh, um, uh, financial, advisor, financial uh, advisory firm. Um, of course, mostly all of what we speak about is of a general nature, but we're uh, involved with wealth management risk management, KiwiSaver, and very shortly uh, what we're calling the ACI funds, which are uh, funds that are designed to meet uh, the middle market where people want to have access to their investments prior to 65 under the KiwiSaver scheme. So we're um, very, very uh, excited to bring that to the market. We're CFex and B Corp certified. Yeah. So um, that, it's all moving for
1: us. And that must be exciting because it's KiwiSaver, but you can add in or take out at any time. It's got to be a bonus, doesn't it?
0: Oh, absolutely, and it's tax efficient, so it hits it, that mark of being what we call a prescribed investment entity. So it's a beneficially taxed Um and, of course, who wants to be paying more tax in a uh, well, what's what supposedly a cost-of-living crisis, although, as we call it, a cost-of-living crisis, enough people seem to be able to afford to go over and see Taylor Swift, which troubles me on many fronts, Ken.
1: <laughs> now, if it was Herman's Hermes, I might go along with you on that one, but that's just showing my age. <laughs> okay. Uh, mm. Today we're going to talk about uh, predicting the markets, and people are just going to be laughing at us as we say that. Uh, but in times in of old soothsayers, tell us about tell us tell us about predicting the market how i mean how
0: how can you predict a market for goodness sake well you, uh, I, I don't think you can oh. um there's no way of being able to predict the market i see that some economists have, have been saying that we're in for a hard landing Some are saying it should be a soft landing. Um, And there's just too many vested interests these days from newspapers and and news media that want to sell, and they've got to sell. That's what they do. They sell their product day in, day out. You know, we couldn't have predicted what happened with uh, that that dreadful cyclone you had up there. Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely, you know, just... We we, we were told that the weather's coming, the weather's coming, but then when it hit, you know, it was far worse than what anybody could have imagined. So it's the same, I think, in many ways with economics um, and looking at an economy you can't predict the market those who tried to predict the market back in 2020 so when the pandemic hit you know, a lot of people took or some people took the view it's just too volatile for me i'm going to sit out of the market uh, they crystallized realized their losses in Jan- january february 2020 and they were just too nervous to go back into the market yeah so they missed the upswing, which happened in May and September. So um, it's all very short-sighted to try and try and time the market. Um, in actual fact, you've probably got a better chance of throwing a dart at a calendar board um, yeah. because there's really only ten days in a year uh, when markets make clients money, and there's forty days in ten years. Yeah. Uh, exactly. So you know, it's just impossible. Just Good. impossible.
1: It is understandable, though, isn't it, for say, uh, mum and dad investors who, uh, not unlike yourself, who you, you're used to the ups and downs of market, and you know that sooner or later it's going to come right again. But you know, if you've got X amount of bucks and you can see it tumbling and tumbling, you so say, "I'm getting out." That well, that's understandable, isn't
0: it? It is understandable because it's human nature, yes. um, you know, and it's all very easy for us as advisors to stay the course and to advise clients to stay the course. But you know we all face difficult moments in life i mean you, you imagine being being diagnosed with a dread disease you can't say oh well i'm not going to go to the doctors oh. um or i suppose you could say that but most of us would say look i've got to i've got to take my medicine i've got to go and see the oncologist if it's a, a cancerous case or something like that i've got to see the oncologist and i've got to go through that pain you don't give up you keep them there and it's the same in many ways for investment what what a what a proper good investment advisors should be should be advising clients is, look, so long as the underlying portfolio is solid, so long as you have Procter & Gamble, and, and I'm not giving advice on these companies at all, individual sure. stocks, but in, inside there are solid companies, Nestle, Procter & Gamble, Unilever, the people that are selling um, consumer discretionary items uh, that, that are going to stay in business. If these companies are going to stay in business then the market will rebound at some stage. Yeah. If it's something speculative, uh, like, well, we've seen a lot of it recently, cryptocurrency or yeah. something like that, then you're going to be in for a real bumpy lot ride because, I mean, nobody even knows who invented that. Yeah. Uh, Satyoro Nagasaki or something, like that, as I recall. <laughs> yes. So um, you've just got to look at the underlying... Now, the interesting thing here as well is to, to understand that... When we say we're in a recession, right yep um Microsoft laid off ten thousand workers last year, yeah Facebook Meta laid off ten thousand last year, Google laid off I think eighteen thousand people last year, so these companies have already taken the steps to make sure that their balance sheet is um is geared up or correctly. Uh, correctly looking forward to the future and yeah. therefore their future looking price earnings ratios are very positive. If you've if you've taken those steps already in your portfolio, it's going to be it's going to be counter intuitive but yeah. to understand that yes we're going through pain and yes we will go through more pain, but our portfolio is a position to take advantage of that. Yeah. But
1: those 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 layoffs in the short term would have affected their share prices, wouldn't it? Because people really got
0: nervous. Absolutely. It affects their share price. Whether the share price goes up or down is, is two different two different days and two different factors. Yeah. Of course, if you if you're now no longer paying ten thousand workers and each of those workers was being paid, say, fifty thousand or a hundred thousand, that is a big yeah. saving of your cost of goods sold. And therefore your price to earnings ratio will go up. It's just when that's going to be reflected in the marketplace. And that coming on the back of the The collapse of Silicon Valley Bank as well, um, the collapse in cryptocurrencies, the collapse of credit suites. I mean, there's a lot of information that's been thrown at markets, and markets are trying to work through and and work out how to to then position themselves. The easiest way for us mums and dads at the, the bottom end of New Zealand or in the middle of the bottom end of the the, the North Island of New Zealand or even the South Island, wherever you might be positioned, don't try and outguess the market because you will 99% of the time get it wrong.
1: Yeah. Now, a bit earlier on, you mentioned some big companies' names. And in the old days, when I was a young fellow, we used to call those companies blue-ribbon stocks. I mean, are are those companies, are they still called blue-ribbon? They're almost failure-proof, aren't they, in our minds? Do they still exist?
0: Yeah, I yeah, yeah. We call them blue chips, yeah. blue chip stocks. I mean, don't forget that the Dow Jones, which is an index uh, that most most people quote, it's only 30 companies. Yeah. It's only the top 30 companies in the United States, and there's certainly a lot more than 30 companies in the United States. Where it might change is where, as companies like Tesla or Apple uh, come to the fore, Apple's now – you know, respected as as being a blue chip, but as Tesla comes to the party with its its approach on batteries um, and what it's doing to either disrupt or to revolutionise a part of the market, we might see um, that type of company you know moving into into wind or mo- moving into other types of renewables. Yeah. We we don't know where they'll quite get to, um, but there's no point in us trying to soothsay that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, um, it, it's the, the musks of this world and, and the people that are running those companies to make that decision.
1: I wonder when you wind the clock back a couple of years, Brent, or three years maybe even, and uh, when you were throwing those bones down on the ground and uh, you were doing a bit of soothsaying, has anything sort of come to fruition that you predicted would happen?
0: Uh, Unfortunately, they have. I mean, we had a a long conversation about the property market, um, and the property market was going gangbusters in those days, and there was a lot of what we call FOMO, fear of missing out, and that drove up. And I know that we had a conversation where uh, we were talking about how governments were reacting to the uh, crisis, the pandemic, the global pandemic, and that they were printing money. And we spoke about, well, when you print money um, under the Fisher the price equation of money um mv equals pt if you print money more money money supply then the price of money goes up and that's exactly what we've seen with inflation um as inflation rises the only tool that's really available for one of the tools for the reserve bank because reserve bank controls monetary or well, tries to implement monetary policy is interest rates so you know fear of missing out i've got to buy that property got to buy that property yeah. uh I can borrow a million. the banks loan me a million i 'm paying two percent, and that comes off that two percent yeah. instead of paying well it's still a lot of money nine hundred a week you 'll now be paying two thousand a week, yeah. wow. which means that you've got to earn one hundred and fifty thousand before tax just to pay the mortgage so there's a lot of that that we spoke about is coming to fruition right now,,
1: yeah.
0: and I know that um people that people are really trying to buckle under there and um and, and and make ends meet, and on top of a cost-of-living crisis and what we've seen in the uh, supermarket space as well, it, it's pretty difficult out there, I think, Ian. I think yeah, I, you what I've seen.
1: Okay, well, before uh, I came to her, I was doing a bit of research about predicting the markets other than uh, what you sent me. And uh, there was four, four ways that you could possibly predict the market. I'll get you to have, maybe just have a quick uh, response to them. And number one, and you mentioned one of the companies, uh, it's momentum in the market. So you take someone like Tesla, for instance, you know, it's got a lot of momentum. So people say, wow, that's got to be a good, bit of a good move. What do you think about that momentum for the market?
0: Well, the momentum in the market, it depends what it's being driven by. Mm. Is the momentum being driven by underlying fundamentals or is it being driven by a bandwagon effect where everybody's just jumping on it? Um, So if we understand what the key is to that momentum and what's what's causing that momentum, uh, then we can, with with some further uh, certainty, try and avoid that volatility or spread the risk of volatility across different assets. It's it's what's driving that momentum. Yeah.
1: Okay, now the next one, which I hadn't heard of until uh, earlier on today, is called mean reversion, which is about economic indicators. Is that sort of similar to momentum in some ways?
0: Well, no, mean reversion is is – Taking the information and then manufacturing it to go back and see what the what the mean, the standard deviation. So it's not no different really than using standard deviation uh, to completely understand where things are going. If we can predict within three standard deviations. Um, uh, what will happen within markets and we use standard deviations to talk about that risk and volatility, then that's another little tool that's within our in our means to be able to capture uh, some of the data and the information and have some, some confidence. So, for example, when something might not have momentum and it's no longer um, flavour of the month... Yeah. We're still able to say, hey, it's 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 not. It might not be a sexy stock like um, like Tesla or something like that, but you know they're still selling water. Uh, you know, yeah. water bottles. So Coca-Cola has diversified into into that type of that type of area, and you can use mean regression analysis to sort of give some give some scientific background to it, evidence based.
1: Hmm. Okay. What about martingales or martingales? Um, they're they're a mathematical series of probability theories. I hardly even understand what I just said there, but, but how does that work?
0: So, I mean, we use all of these tools um, to be able to give us some sort of uh, some sort of background and some sort of understanding of of where we are where we are going. So, mainly the Farmer French model is what we use. It talks about uh, market hypothesis. It talks about the dimensions of return, the proper dimensions of return, and and um, the stability that a company can bring uh, to the marketplace and why it should be uh, why it should be part of a portfolio uh, along with the, the efficient frontier theory of harry markowitz and of um, all, all of these people or most of these people have worked at some stage for some of the best fund managers including those that design uh, index funds uh, that, that are available to uh, to the general public
1: yeah. Now, the last one on my list, and uh, we might have already covered it in, in what you've just mentioned, but uh, the search for value, well, I mean, how do you determine what is value?
0: Yeah, so uh, one of the traditional uh, ways of measuring is what's called um, uh, the, the price earnings ratio. So what? how many years will it take you mm. to be paid in dividends to get back the price of that that stock that you purchased. Yeah. So, if you think of it in terms of, if, if the other way is, is a model, the CAPM model. If you're looking at property, how many years of rent will it take you to pay back that 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 debt on the property? Yeah. How many years of income will it take? You know, it used to be four or five times annual earnings was the price of the property. Now it's, they say it's more like eight to ten. So, you look at these these indicators to say, well. If the price of the stock divided by its earnings, it's going to take eight years. Historically, that that ratio, that PE ratio, is low. So it's a value it's a value stock mm-hmm. um, because there's good value in there, and the market at some stage will reward that. I remember that was the case with a company called Intel, the chip chip makers, uh, around about two thousand seven mm-hmm. eight, and their PE ratio was about eight, whereas. The PE ratio for an Amazon or an Apple was somewhere in the 200s, meaning it's going to take you 200 years to get paid back. So, (laughs) Apple might be, that might be the momentum, right? That's the market pushing. Um, And that's called, that that, that was at that stage called a growth stock, whereas a value stock is where the indicators are telling us um, that it's good value to buy, good value for money. So what do you say to people
1: who are short-term investors, who make their living out of uh, you know, playing the markets like you used to see on TV, the Wolf of Wall Street, all that sort of stuff? Is there money to be made for people who know how to do all those things, like momentum, like mean reversion, like martingales, like the search for value? Can you make a living out of it?
0: Well, it's not a living that I would – it's not one that I think I could make out of it. There's far too much volatility. Uh, I mean, firstly, make sure you don't have a heart condition. Um, <laughs> yes. and, and secondly, make sure you, you've got beta blockers or something that's just really making you uh, making you be able to stand that volatility. Look, there are day traders, there are people, but you've got to ask yourself, what piece of information do – does that, does that individual have, that? the rest of the market doesn't. Yes. What piece of information do you, sitting in the Hawke's Bay, New Zealand, um, know that the Financial Times or that yeah, a whole bunch of I... fund managers living in New York don't know? Yeah. Uh, I just think, uh, I, I, look, I'm not saying it can't be done. Yep. You can grow your own tomatoes and you can grow your own cabbages and you you can certainly do all that, but it takes effort, it takes work. And maybe it's just easier to specialise in what you do, in, in my my case financial advice and financial uh, matters, and buy your tomatoes and, and your cabbages from the supermarket. Yeah. I just think it's really dangerous.
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree. With you. Uh, and I suppose, and you've said it a hundred times, as have your colleagues over the years, that you've got to be in there for the long haul and you've got to have diversification,
0: don't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I think even a, a three-year time horizon was too too um, too short. I I, I I remember having a conversation with a client of mine when I was up in Singapore, and uh, he had a well, he had a hundred thousand um, pounds that he had earmarked to buy a property in the United Kingdom, and he said, "Look, I'm uh, we'll, we'll get we'll, we'll buy it in the next two years, but in the meantime, where can I put this money?" And I just said, "Look, if the market goes up, say." Twenty percent you'll have twenty thousand pounds more. but if the market drops by twenty percent, you will have lost twenty thousand mm-hmm. pounds, you'll feel the pain of that loss in such a short space more than the, the, the pleasure from the gain. so there, there are methods that we can use you can segment out into little pots different sums of money, uh, and that's what grandma used to do with yeah. the you know the, the transport and this for food. you can do that in terms of your savings to mitigate risk reduce volatility and make sure that you're appro- you still remain appropriately invested in the market to get the market returns and take advantage of all those mathematical complex equations that <laughs> work behind the scenes. Good on you.
1: Brent, it's been my pleasure to talk with you on this. And if you, you look after yourself uh, at uh, the same time